love my HBCU. And Bob, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Talking about Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. Talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a loss. And who's the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. So we have the assistant professor, A.D. Drew, in the building. We have some interviews stored up for you today. We're going to see if we can get into some of these rivalries that we told you about baseball. We'll get an update on the SIC. It's basically two teams that you want to look for at the top in terms of HBCU programs. Spring Hill is doing their thing as well, trying to push the button, but we'll let you know, make sure that uh, Professor Drew gives you an update uh, in the show in terms of what's going on there. But with that being said, welcome to episode 378 inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU diaspora, for all things HBCU sports. From institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights on the information on the HBCU sports culture. HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. We simply call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenny Yacobilla, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. As I said, we have A.D. Drew bringing up the bat. Base is loaded, Drew. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> Filming from my home studio, sending a signal live to Caseway Short 30 in studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer. That's multi-Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper, home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Speaking of home of Texas Southern University, a lot's going on. Charles was in the building getting around. You know, Professor, this is what happened. You kind of get to sneak around. He saw some practice. Uh, as uh, HBC All-Star Weekend festivities really have started. The game's obviously on Sunday, but you have the team here. They had great open, as you've seen, uh, buildings. If you're following, you've seen the getting off the bus. You've seen uh, the buses uh, coming up to H&P Arena, a lot of traffic, practice time. And, oh, by the way, we have Florida Atlanta University also uh, doing their practice time over here as they get ready for the Final Four. So how about that? It's funny because a lot of folks get excited. I was like, yeah, I remember they did that a while back. It was over here um, <laughs> uh, for one of those Final Fours. And they literally, like, shut down the building. Other than if you were a professor, it was kind of hard to keep you out there. But they had dark wings in there, making sure nobody tape practice. It was wild. I was like, man, they this 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 big on all this. And I think uh, who was Gonzaga also came over at that time. That was that Final Four with Duke and Gonzaga. Couple other things, two of them practice over here. So it's wild. It's cool to be in front of that, Charles. With that being said, how did you feel being in the mix? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Got a chance to talk to Coach Dante Jackson, Gremlins, uh, head basketball coach. I think he's coaching one of the teams. And of course, 
uh, Coach Kenny Blakely. He's uh, coaching another one of the teams. So I got an opportunity. They scrimmaged uh, this morning. Got an opportunity. They were running some drills. And uh, did you call like, a play? So, did you call a play? That's all I want. Uh, Coach Jackson always he always lets me call one play. I always lets me call <laughs> one play. So I called a high screen and roll. You know, I wanted to get somebody to roll into the bucket. So I, I did get a chance to get one play. <laughs> did it work? Did it work? Of course, of course. All yeah, he's trying to hire work. you for the yeah. staff now. <laughs> Drew knows a little bit about that. He he has a little coaching bug that he's done before at that level. So, uh, with that being said, uh, let me go to you, Charles, or stick with you. I should say, Charles. What's some news that you want to get out on the day uh, that has you excited about this week beyond Texas Southern and the HBC All Star game? No doubt. Well, we'll stay with that because uh, Howard University's coach, Kenny Blakeney, he wins the John McClendon Award, which is uh, an award. Uh, <clears throat> he's a recipient of the 2023 John McClendon Award, which is presented annually to the top collegiate head coach. And that includes Division One, Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, and, and of course, junior college ranks. Uh, of course, Blakeney led Howard to an historic season. Howard won 22 games and captured both the major regular season MEAC championship as well as the postseason tournament championship it was the first appearance for howard in the MEAC championship game in 21 years and his first trip to the ncaa tournament since 1992 dr bill so huge war for coach kenny blayton man how about that how about that let me give a shout out from some of our lab listeners chuck hunt is in the building jazzy Fay is always uh, making sure it catches us silas edward mcmores Edwin D. Moore says, good evening, Dean and Professor Bishop Andrew. Philip R. King is in here getting it done, checking us out. Uh, Ricky Burton, for those that know Philip King, you know, he's a graduate student, assistant of mine. So I guess uh, he's sneaking in here and checking it out, the video. He said he would, uh, puts in their work. He's over there in the School of Communication working on his master's as he continues to bounce around and get things done. Silas Edward McMorris is in here representing Prairie View. Uh, Ricky Burke, um, Karen Griffin, G. Boom Holly, uh, Mr. Cameraman is the kind. I wonder they call him Cameraman Love it anymore. Brandon King, uh, <laughs> getting it done so much. Uh, too much going on in Houston this weekend. McDonald's All-American game here. Saw all that. Got a chance. And, man, it's really nice because some people will tell you these events and ask you to come by here. But they got events for Dr. Kevin Granger uh, as he's uh, on a hosted host of an event Friday night uh, as he's getting things out there. So interesting. Yes, yes, I will be going to the Final Four. I have my media credentials for those that just wanted to ask. I, I did what I needed to do, put my stuff in there, and it's been approved. But that being said, <laughs> A.D. Drew, what's on your mind in regards to HBCU sports? Well, uh, you, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about HBCU coaches, need to get their hustle on to get opportunities for <laughs> P, uh, power, power conference jobs. Well, unfortunately for Charles, it looks like one of their coach, one of his favorite coaches may have gotten their hustle on and is a leading candidate for a job. That being uh, Coach Tamika Reed, one of the leading candidates for the job at the uh, University of Memphis. It's, of course, it's not the first time that we've heard Tamika Reed's name thrown about for the uh, power conference uh, jobs, but according to uh, Tim Lowry of T of Tennessee Report, 
Reed is among the list of candidates uh, for the recent opening after Katrina Merriweather resigned and was later hired by Cincinnati. Reed is on a list with a Alex Simmons of Garner Webb, Lauren Sumsky of Lemscombe, Nina Davis of Middle Tennessee State, and Sharika Wright of UT Arlington. And we all know what uh, Coach uh, Reed's resume includes uh, four consecutive uh, SWAC regular season championships and two uh, conference titles. So uh, good luck to Coach Reed. You know, we we would hate to lose a Coach Reed of, amongst the HBCUs, but at the same time, we do not want to stand in anybody's way and uh, their opportunity. And I think Memphis is a good type of job for her. It's not a it's not a it's not a Big Ten. It's not an SEC conference as they I believe they're still in conference USA or are they in the AAC now. Uh, they they moved around the conferences. AAC, yeah. They're in the AAC. They moved around conferences so many times. I, I lose <laughs> but it's but it's a it's a upper mid major type conference. It gives her a good name, but it's not it's not the elite of the elite with that added pressure so i think this this is a good job and i know when she gets to memphis she'll she'll do a do a good job at memphis for those who've not been to the university of memphis memphis has a, a lot of hbcu vibes so i believe she'll be comfortable with that setting there at university of memphis but i know charles is, is definitely waiting to chime in on that uh as his favorite one of his favorite coaches may be on the move no, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited for uh, Coach Reed in terms of her getting her just due and uh, definitely being a finalist for this job. I'm, I couldn't be more excited for her. Uh, she is definitely, I think, one of the top coaches in the nation. Uh, so to get an opportunity to uh, coach on a, a different level, to coach uh, a University of Memphis, it speaks volumes about her coaching ability, her coaching acumen, and her ability to recruit. So uh, for her to be in this, this finalist group, uh, man, I'm, I'm really excited for her. I really hope that uh, she's able to cash in on it. Good stuff, Charles. I know you're not a lawyer, but some would swear that you're probably negotiating the contract. She has proven her medal. She has proven her medal in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So, uh, you no know, doubt. I wish no nothing great, great things I for think But that being said, no doubt, and I think um, both of you have said this perfectly, that coach would be, um, you'd hate to lose her in terms of SWAC, HBCUs, uh, but she's put in the yeoman work, and if opportunities come, you don't want to be in a position where you don't want to suggest that somebody should have an opportunity and do whatever they think is best for them in the next step of life. Not to say that one space is big, better, or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. than another. We certainly understand what this could mean financially. Yes, definitely financially. Exactly. With that being said, let's go to our first break. We'll come back on the other side. I think we can get into our first interview. With that, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Full, but we Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love them, and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Gaville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. We have none other than Prairie A&M University head baseball coach, Coach Riggins. Coach Riggins, how you doing today? I'm doing fine, man. How you guys doing? Man, we're excited. We're excited. We have baseball season in there. We got opening day for Major League Baseball. Uh, college baseball, Division One, HBCUs has been in it for a while. Um, as well as this is the third week going into the squat. We've been all in it. Uh, we don't wait too late to get it going. Let me open it up. You know, Black College Nine had you at number one ranked team in the country. I know that can be a blessing and a curse in regards to the tension that you deserve uh, for getting that ranking. But at the same time, you know, young people have a thing about how their heads get. Tell me, what were your thoughts going to the program when that took place? Ah, oh, man. Um, you know, I, I never actually really pay attention to it. You know what I mean? Um, I was, I was, don't be, don't be, don't get me wrong. I was happy and grateful that they had us at number one. Um, but you know they have as a number one of 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 certain different things like uh, how many returners you have, how many uh, guys you bringing in, and all that. At the end of the day, when they say play ball, you got to play. You know what I mean? So uh, we didn't we didn't live up to it uh, to, to to start the season off. We we just got off to a slow start, and no, you can you know just you know you can chalk that up to many different things. Uh, when you bring in a lot of junior college kids, man, it's just hard to to get everybody on the same page for a short period of time, you know, mm-hmm. 45 days in the fall is not, it's not a long time to be able to try to get guys on the same page. Um, you know, these young kids, they have their own agenda and trying to get their own agenda fit in with a coach's agenda. Sometimes that don't, you know, that don't work out, you know, so mm-hmm. um, it just took us Certainly a little not while. not as quick to, as you would like. Oh man, you it ain't never as quick as coaches like it. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, we 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 we've been clicking on all cylinders for the past two weekends. Um, so it, it uh, you know, better late than never. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What you're referencing is the fact that over the first two weeks, Brevian University sits at the top of the division, six and zero, as they've swept their two opponents, one on the road. The last one at home, I actually got down there Saturday and saw uh, the doubleheader uh, before I actually went home to check on my parents in Waco. I didn't get a chance to stay over and uh, shake hands and say congratulations. But 
even better yet, we got you on the show. So let me go to Charles and let him ask a follow-up question. Okay. Well, Fred, you you referenced uh, the beginning of the season. You you played in both the Houston Astros Classic and the Andre Dawson Classic. But I wanted to ask, how did the the opening of of, of the of the year in, in playing tough competition in both of those classics kind of prepare you for where you are right now in the season? Six and zero, two sweeps to start the season off. Oh man, it it, it did because you know when we're playing in an atmosphere like that, man, everybody want to win. So the kids coming out there ready to play. Uh, we got a chance to see a little of everything in the, in the mm-hmm. first week, um, almost like we've been playing, you know, uh, midweek, I mean, mid-year, you know what I mean? So it was mid-season form in the first two weeks, you know what I mean? So um, it gave us a, a, a lot of things to to look for and to plan, uh, some things that we had to work on um, to get our bullpen in order. Um, you know, we was in a lot of those games, and then we went to the bullpen, you know, they, uh, we just couldn't hold it up, right? And so um, I was telling the guys that, you know, you know, when you're hitting, pitching is easy. But when you're not, when the pitchers got to think they got to go out there and do it by themselves, mm. that's tough. You know mm. what I mean? So, um, you know, a, a good thing about it is the past two two weekends, we've been able to hit and put some runs on the board and, and the bullpen has, has been able to, uh, to keep uh, keep the league. So um, it's working for us right now. Uh, you just got to keep it up. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, Drew, go ahead. Well, yeah. I just wanted to let you know, Coach, uh, the Black College Sports Network has you currently ranked at number five, and a lot of that is primarily based upon that uh, 6-0 and conference uh, start that you guys had. Okay. Uh, but I, I kind of want to follow up on Charles uh, with, with your schedule. And, but I want to kind of talk about your scheduling model for your – for your non-conference and your midweek games, you know we see some some coaches, some teams go and load up against uh, Division Two NAIA's for those midweeks and those uh, early season conference games. But out, outside of the classes that you played against the HBCUs, which, which are, are, are Division Ones, you've got a lot of other Division Ones on on your schedule. So my question is, how do you determine how to make up your schedule? How to go with uh, primarily Division One schedule, or to mix and match with some Division Two and some NAIA's? How how do you go about figuring that out every year? How you want to make your non-conference schedule and your midweek uh, schedule out? Well, if if I could, I, I will play all uh, Division One schedule, but unfortunately here mm-hmm. in Texas we got so many D one schools, and um, and sometimes uh, the scheduling doesn't work out. And so what I do, if it doesn't work out, and then that's when I reach out to Division II, the NAIAs, to try to get those games. Um, the more competition we play early going into conference, the better it is for me, right? It, 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 it let the kids know that, hey, just because you're at the HBCU doesn't mean you can't compete against PWIs, right? And, that, and that's the goal, because if I can win no midweek games, I should be able to compete in the weekends. And that's my that's my my goal for whenever I fill out my 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 uh, my schedule. Mm, I like it, Coach. Let me follow up and ask you about some of your players that are playing really well right now, uh, and some of those players that uh, may have started a slow, but you anticipate as the season gets going that uh, they'll light it up as well, either at the plate or on the mound. Um, right now, man, it's pretty much everybody is uh doing what I need them to do to be successful. Um, you know, a lot of kids think they did got to come in, hit home runs and get hits and do all that. No, I'm a small things person. 
So if you come in, you get guys over, you bunch, you sacrifice, um, you're doing all the small things to give us a chance to win, then we're going to win. Um, I'm, I'm not big on swings and misses. Um, you know, I don't, mm. I hate striking out with, with you know, real runs in scoring position. They're just a missed opportunity. Um, mm. so right now the team is, is actually doing well with that. It's just not no one person. Of course it is some guys that, you know, that was, um, that wasn't doing well at the beginning of the season. And all of a sudden they're doing well. Um, you can go with wife, you can go with, yeah, just basically just playing baseball. Like, if you if if you learn to play the game and respect the game and play the game, what your goals are will be there at the end. But mm-hmm. at the at the at the end of the day, got to be team first, right? Mm-hmm. When it's team first, if you plan on hitting three hundred, that was your goal. Then at the end of the year, you'll be hitting three twenty. Nice, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I that's what I try to focus on with these kids. Um, you know, it, some like I said, sometimes it, it takes a little longer than others, um, but. When you're doing that, then, you know, the lineup have a chance to be successful, you know, and, and that's what's happening right now. And so that's why you see a lot of guys that was hitting 220, 230. All of a sudden now they 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 300 or, or 280. Um, and that's what it takes. Right. Sometimes they have to see that before they, you know, before they become they focus. Right. And fortunately for us, it happened before the conference. And so once conference started, it started to work. Like, I think it was the first two, it was the last two midweek games. Uh, it was the last two um, non-conference games going into conference where we have, um, mm. we end up losing those games either in the bottom of the ninth or, you know, um, they just beat us. You know, like Magnese, I think on that Sunday at Magnese, they end up walking it off on us. Um, and I think someone, I can't remember. You had to call the word that Tuesday before you opened up conference. Okay, and then so it was Magnese that walked off on us um, the uh, the weekend before in the in the bottom of the ninth that we played real well, uh, and then the Carter Ward uh, ended up beating us in the bottom of the uh, or in the top of some, in the top of the ninth where we played real well, and they just made one or two plays more than us. And but going into the to uh, the conference, we just kept it on going. And, and and those are the things that um that I uh that I want for my team um going in the competition to show them hey that you can play it at any level. Doesn't matter who you're playing. As long as you come and do what you have to do, give yourself a chance to win, then you got a chance to win. Charles, I know you want to follow up. Yeah, quick follow-up. And, and you kind of referenced it uh in terms of there, there's a lot of turnover uh in college baseball. At what point does uh, does the, the gelling of this team uh, kind of come together and kind of you mentioned kind of the light bulb goes off and things start to click when you start winning those close ball games? Um, when when kids stop being selfish, mm. right, and and, and mm. start giving themselves up for the team. Like my motto um, with my team is: when somebody get on base, them at bats are not yours no more. They're the team at bats. Mm. Right, and so from from that standpoint. You're gonna win. You don't ha- you don't have to have uh the batting average at the end of the day when I know that you're giving yourself up for the team. You could be hitting 220 and you're in the lineup because I know what you're gonna bring to the table every every day. Mm. Right. And so when they understand that, when they really actually see that, now they go, okay, well, as long as I'm doing what I need to do, then I know I'm gonna be in there. Right. And and you have to tell them too that it's gonna be somebody different every day. It can't be the same guy, right? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, today is going to be, uh, say, wife. Then the next day, it got to be Rhett. It got to be somebody else that 
that's going to give us, a, that's going to do something that give us a chance to win, right? I only want y'all to do one thing. One thing to give your team a chance to win when you're in the lineup. That's all I can ask for. Everything else is yours, right? And mm. So if we're, if we're doing that, then we got a good chance to win. Sure, sure. Coach, final question I have for you is uh, rivalry weekend. Uh, heading over to Texas Southern and Houston. Talk a little bit about, one, playing in the rivalry yourself over the year, but now even more importantly, coaching it. What makes it so special? The playing, wow. uh, particularly for your kids, the playing games like this uh, against what everybody uh, denotes as your rival, in-state rival, if you would. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, this generation don't really truly understand what this rivalry means. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Back when when I was playing, uh, man, it's, it's a dog battle, regardless yeah. of, of how good Preview was or how good we was. They always played us great. Right. Um, you know, it, it was never uh, a doubt in their mind that they wasn't going to beat us. Right. So now it's it just, you know, kids look at it. Hey, it's just another game. No, it, it is just another game, but it's our rival. They don't know how, you know, how big this is for the um, for the alumni. You know what I mean? Because, you know, alumni be right. on, on social media talking big, big money, big money stuff. Right. So. Uh, you know, and, <laughs> to say and, the least, <laughs> and probably haven't even seen the game all year, you know. So, uh, <laughs> right. it, it, you know, and it, it, and it doesn't matter. Um, so, no, it's, it's, it's always it's always uh, good to, to you know to play my alumni. Um, of course, I want to win, but I always look at it just another game because if I look at it anything different, then I'm gonna start doing stuff that's out of character for me. And so I I, I can't do right. that because if I do that, then I'm not. I'm not being truthful to my kids and I'm not giving my kids a chance to win as well. So I just look at it as another game. Of course, I want to win. Um, you know, it's always a dogfight when we play them. Um, we played them at the beginning of the season. Um, they got some good arms. They got some good bats. Uh, we just got to go in and, and do what we need to do and, and control what we can control. And at the end of the game, have an opportunity to win it. Yeah, it was nice to see y'all under the lights this Saturday in regards to um, uh, the Catch and Jack uh, Classic there. A lot of fans came out. It was cold, but folks showed up and showed out. So that gives you some indication and maybe the players get a better understanding after they see it. <laughs> the fans and the alumni come out and yeah, probably tell them I, a little bit. But I, I agree with you. Was, it can be a little different these days. I think that was I think that was perfect for both of the universities. Not only that, but for you know right. HBCU schools all together to to be able to see that and see it on TV, see the spotlight, see the see the fans go crazy, um, see all the 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 passion and the love um, that these kids and fans have for their school. Man, that was perfect. It was perfect. Unfortunately, that we was on the we was on the wrong end of it. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't I don't we lost, but I think we won the battle when it comes to black college uh, baseball, though. No doubt, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Well, hey, Coach, appreciate your time. I know you got to get back to it. A lot of things going on, but look forward uh, to the matchups this weekend and the rest of the season. You're doing great work down there at Prairie View. Great start to the season. Look forward to uh, continue to see good baseball. Down on the hill, make sure I get a chance to talk with you. And we'll follow up throughout the season as things get going. Uh, so, again, go Panthers. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. See you this weekend, Coach. All right, man. Y'all take it easy. We'll do it. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side, talk a little bit more about baseball.
That's Coach Riggins of the Prairie and m Panthers as he is 6-0 to start the season. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. You're looking for the Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow So listen to Professor Yes, sir. And pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Gaville with Inside HBC Sports Lab uh, with Professor Charles Bishop and Professor A.D. Drew. Let's get in here and talk a little bit more in regards to. Uh, what's going on? We might even sneak in some softball a little bit. Uh, let me give a shout out for Wendy Jenkins Bishop jumping in here. Lennon Blow is in there. Carol Keelum, Emma Price uh, jumping in here. Brandon King representing Tennessee State checking in. I see you, Tennessee State. We got to go get some baseball, man. We can't talk baseball about Tennessee State. We got to just, well, they do have softball. They're doing pretty well in softball. With that being said, uh, as we get in there, um, I heard, I heard. There's some good softball played at the Division II level. Um, A.D. Drew, what what do you know about that? Give me an update. Softball. Who's playing the best softball at the Division II level, in your opinion? Well, I don't know about my opinion, Dr. Cavill, but according to the BCSN computers, the, t- the best team <laughs> in softball right now is Edward Waters under uh, first-year head coach Billy Rogers, who's a former assistant there. And Edward Waters, I uh, don't remember how long he was there as a assistant, but now he's taking over the reins. He has the title of interim. I'm pretty sure when your team gets off to a 24-4 and four start, 10-2 and two in the conference, that that interim title is probably going to be removed 
maybe before the end of the season. I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He had over 20 wins already. What was the record? Say that again. 24 and 4. 24 and 4. As a hey, sign, that's pretty nice. Well, what, what's going to keep When you get over 20-plus victories this early season, ten, what you 10-2 in conference. Well, uh, well, the, so they not the beating question, up on just cupcakes. Well, the question for me it becomes, uh, like, what has been the key to their success? How have they jumped out to this record? From what I've been able to uh, ascertain, it's uh, – and, and I saw a couple of interviews uh, from some TV stations in uh, Jacksonville. Uh, it's, it's the chemistry that these girls have built together. Mm-hmm. In addition to just the talent that they have on the field, they've got uh, the pitching is uh, top notch in the SIAC. I mean, they got much better, much better records. And then when you flip over to the other side, other half of the SIAC, you got Lane uh, sitting at twenty three. Excuse me, twenty-one and three with a five and one record. They sit currently number four in the BCS in rankings. But when you think about the traditional softball powers, you know it's it's been Tuskegee and Miles for years, along hmm. with Spring Hill in in the West. So now you've got a player such as Lane coming up into the mix. So and SIAC, unless they've changed their format for softball. They do four and four. So if you think that, about it. Has, recru- uh-huh. has that recruiting? Uh-huh. Has that recruiting talent? I mean, is it dispersed pretty uh, evenly uh, throughout the SIAC? Yeah, well, the Alabama schools tend, tend, tend to do good for some, for some reason. Like I said, yeah. Tuskegee, Spring Hill, and Miles are always in the mix in the West. So, and, you know, they're pulling a lot of the same players for those uh, for those three institutions. Okay. So, and if if you look at the history of the SIAC over the last few years, one of those three teams, if not two of those three teams, have been in the championship game mm-hmm. over the last uh, five years. You, if you remember back in the uh, 20 teens, Tuskegee won three in a row from 14 to 16, and then won again in like maybe pre-pandemic. You know, they were in the fight. They were uh, they won it again last year. Spring Hill has won theirs in between that. Miles has been in the mix. So the power has been in the West in softball for the SIAC. Now, okay. can this player, this new player, Ever Waters, shift that power to the East? Ooh, great question. Got some softball talking at the division too low. But y'all some bad brothers. I like <laughs> Coming straight from the circuit update in terms of softball. Exactly. Let me give you some updates softball at the Division One level for the SWAC at least. I'm only going to give the team that have a winning conference record. That is in the West. That would be Grand at six and three. Number two, BCS. Uh, won. Nice. Prairie View A&M is undefeated at nine and zero. They've won six straight. Number, Number three. three in the Black College Sports Network. Uh, let's get into the East and see if any of these teams are in your ranking, Drew. Uh, um, Florida A&M, 5-4 and four in terms of the conference record. Tied with Alabama A&M at 5-4 and four as well. But then Cookman is just one game above them at 6-3. and three. Then holding on uh, at 7-2 and two is Alabama State. Are any of those four in your ranking? Number four, Alabama State. Uh Florida A&M and uh, 
Alabama A&M are in the hunt. Bethune Cookman uh, picked up a couple of wins after our cutoff, so I expect to see them next week in uh, in the ranking. Good stuff. Uh, Miak in terms of softball as we drive into this real deep and heavy. You have any of the MEAC teams in your – have they made your top five rankings or are they just receiving votes? Oh, in MEAC softball, the number one team is from the MEAC. That would be Morgan State. <laughs> with 50, uh, Morgan were, State. Uh, at the time of the ranking, they were 15, 11, 6-0 in conference. I like it. I like it in terms of what they're doing. Morgan State pitching pretty well. Just 1.5 ERA in terms of what they're getting done. So it makes sense in terms of where you see them in the ranking. Love it when we um, make sure we get around to it. Let me give you some standings over there. Obviously, eight teams. So you got all eight. Again, I'll give you the teams with the winning record. That would be only two. Uh, both of them are undefeated, though. North Carolina Central sits at 5-0. and And you just heard about Morgan State um, as at 6-0. and as they continue to get it done and have a winning overall record of 15-12, which there's a lot of reasons why you can see them at the top of the pole. Let's get in here and switch it up a little bit and talk about Division II baseball um, in the SIC. We told you it was a two-team race in terms of HBCU programs, but it looks like Albany State has kind of stretched it out a little bit as they sit at 16-1. and Savannah State is still behind them, uh, full three games back at 12-4. They're tied with Spring Hill. Um, that is in in there with SIEC, Historically White College there, but in the conference. And if you want to go back a little bit, you can get with Miles at 11 and 6, as well as Morehouse at 11 and 9. If you would, Drew, talk about those top two teams, Albany State and Savannah State. What seems to give them the edge in terms of what they're getting done, particularly Albany State, as they seem to really be stretching it out at that 16-1 uh, going down the stretch back end of the conference play. Albany State leads the conference by almost two runs in earned run average. That's why they're leading the conference. Also, they have the top fielding percentage in the SIAC. So when you have that. Pitching and you, you've got the top fielding percentage and your bats are number two in the conference. Pretty total, total team. Successful formula, I, I, I would think so. So, and that's what they have. Uh, it, Savannah is right behind them, but like I say, it's almost a two-run difference as far as as far as your ERA between Albany State and Savannah State. Keep in mind, SIAC takes the top eight. There there are no divisions in SIAC baseball. Softball still has divisions. Baseball is all inclusive. So when you think about the traditional East and West, you could have five, possibly six teams from one side in the tournament. So just keep that in mind when you look at the SIAC. Where did Albany State find these arms to be the, the, the to almost have a, a two run or earn run average uh, higher than everybody else, lower than everybody else, I should say? Well, when, when you take a look at, I'm just looking at their roster. 90% of their roster is Georgia or Florida. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You know, you got you got to sprinkle in from uh, Alabama. Uh, I see I see one one kid from Australia, and I think I saw one kid from Ohio. But everybody else is from probably fifty percent of their arm of their roster is from the state of Georgia, and about another twenty five to thirty percent comes from comes from Florida, where we already know what kind of baseball talent you have in the state of Florida, mm-hmm. and Georgia 
especially when you get in the metro area. I mean, it, it's some talent in the metro area. You know, the further you get out of the Atlanta metro, the talent kind of diminishes. But if you get some, uh, you can get some good talent in the Atlanta metro area when it comes to baseball. Good stuff. Good up. Let's take our next break. We'll come back on the other side with our second interview. And we'll talk about the other side of the uh, rivalry with Texas Southern University. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. If you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com 
That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kever's voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kever's voice, Kever's voice, Kever's voice dot com. Always on, all the time. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Impress the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love yeah. and who's about, who's about. So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. We have none other than A.D. Drew in the building. With that, we also have uh, Texas Southern University head baseball coach Michael Robinson. How are you doing today, Coach? 
I'm doing great. How y'all doing? Doing well, Coach. Doing well. Coach, mm-hmm. want to jump in here and talk a little bit about your baseball program in regards to what was it like to play in uh, the classics to kind of kick things off? You like going in with to play some uh, other HBCUs or, or the opposite where you tend to play uh, teams outside of the HBCU segment to start up the season? Yeah, well, you know, actually it was a great event for us, uh, very exciting. Anytime you have an opportunity to showcase your kids, your program, um, such as we had at the beginning of the season, open season, it, it was a huge event for us. Um, I would have liked for things to go a little bit better uh, in the event, but we, you know, it was a, it was really good for our kids. Um, and I think that it's going to definitely help us with the recruitment and going forward because it's going to be here for a couple more years. So um, good for us. Good that we had an opportunity to play in a major league ballpark, because, of course, you know, uh, a lot of our young men won't get that opportunity to play in a major league ballpark such as uh, we had at Minute Maid. And then, you know, all the events around it and stuff, it was, it was more than just a baseball game. It was an event. Kids had a chance to see celebrities. Um, we had some educational opportunities um, that we talked to our kids about, about their end game. And, of course, that's what we're trying to do. You know, we're just trying to provide each and every opportunity that will present itself for our kids because we know that probably 1% of any kids that um, that's involved with baseball is going to have an opportunity to play Major League Baseball. But there are other avenues that you could take. So I thought it was a great event. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, for the next two years for us hosting it here in Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, that, that Saturday night game under the lights between Prairie View and Rival. Um, really exciting to see how many people got involved. And it was cold out there, but you couldn't tell. Fans came out, um, celebrated. Big win by Texas Southern University coming from behind and done jumping out of there. So a lot of excitement that you're able to get in that game. With that being said, my next question is, um, as you start off uh, conference play, you know, what things have you liked about your team and what things that you want to see them improve on? Um, just our ability to score runs for sure. Um, we definitely uh, are a very explosive team. I don't think that we've shown yet what we're capable mm-hmm. of doing. It's just a matter of us being more consistent. Um, our pitching has been good. You know, we 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 got it. You know, a number one and a number two are actually two aces on the staff, and Abraham Delion. And uh, Dom Martinez, um, they have been definitely consistent for us throughout the year. We just have to finish. You know, we, you know, we kind of, you know, the strange thing is, is Abraham is pitching really well, but for some reason we can't win his games. You know, his record doesn't show. But right. He's probably, he's probably one of the best pitchers in the conference, but you wouldn't know it because it's just baseball is a funny game. This is a kid that I'm telling you, if I had to recruit him all over again, I would. And and if you knew how hard he works, and he's a big-time team player, he's the one that's always getting energy on the bus and stuff. And lo and behold, we can't win his games. <laughs> Example, we were – I think we was up in Pine Bluff 
And then uh, we had the incident with JV getting kicked out the ball game, and um, it just seemed like it kind of snowballed us. And uh, one thing happened after the other, and we got behind 5-0, I mean 5-4. And then we ended up winning that game, but he didn't get the win. And then, of course, the game the other night against Southern, we pulled him out in the seventh inning because we only needed six outs, and we ran into trouble in the ninth inning in the ball game that was 8-2, needing two outs, and we let that one slip away. So um, things that we need to work on is finishing. You know, right now mm -hmm. we're going through growing pains. Um, we got a lot of guys that that's new to our program and new to the conference. And I don't care how many times you tell them, they have to go through it and see it for themselves. Mm. So we definitely have educated them on the culture of the conference. Now, in terms of us building culture, in our program, we're still working on it. We're still trying to find our identity, of course. But uh, we're definitely an explosive team on the Saturday ball game. Um, actually, Friday and Saturday against Southern. We dominated both of those nights. You know, we just, like I said, we ran into trouble in that ninth inning and we let that one get away. We come back Saturday and we dominated. We win the game 11-3. And Dom wasn't even at his best, um, not even close to his best. And he still dominated you know, the strike zone against Southern. And Southern is a very tough team to handle because they're a contact-hitting team. Um, they're well-rounded, and yeah. they're very athletic. So uh, we got some work to do in front of us um, in terms of our maturity. I think our maturation have to kick in. But in terms of our potential, we're very solid. We can come off the bench. And uh, the strength there is, is very good. You know, we got a guy that can – hit a double. We got a guy that can hit a single. We got a guy that can get a bump. We got a guy that can, you know, steal a base. We, you know, we got a defensive replacement. We haven't had that in the past year. So we have a well-rounded roster and I'm looking forward to us at some point, just really showing um, the potential that we have on our team. Mm. Good stuff. Charles, go ahead and follow up with your question. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the offense, uh, Coach Robinson. Uh, Dale Nattle, yeah, he's batting 421, leads the swag in batting, only 13 strikeouts on the season to Roger Coffey. Uh, but talk about both of those players. Roger Coffey's batting 385. I'm always impressed when I watch those two guys uh, in their bats, very disciplined, and and they seem to protect the play. Yeah. So, Adley is one of those kids that he's not going to get out of his approach. I would say he has an advanced approach. and uh, But quietly – you know, putting up some really good numbers. Honestly, he's probably the the perfect four-hole hitter for us. We, we started the season off with him, with the mindset of him leading off. And I, I just, you know, I came to grip and I say he's not a leadoff hitter. He's the guy that we probably want to see hit in the middle of the order because we need somebody to drive in runs. So mm. um, he's capable of hitting a lot of doubles. He's leading the team in doubles. Uh, he don't strike out basically because of his approach. You know, he has a really solid approach. He's a very smart hitter, very intelligent. Uh, very few times will he get beat on his front side. Um, and he'll hit foul pole to foul pole. He's just a very one of the uh, smartest hitters that I've had play for me in recent years. And then Roger Coffey, of course. Um, you know, Coffey is an older kid. He's been in our program for four years so. He knows the um, competition in the SWAC. He knows the schedule that we play outside the SWAC. 
it's a big schedule. And so he's been involved in those big games before. So I think his experience is a huge factor. And uh, he's been hitting the ball really well for us. You know, every now and then he'll he'll kind of, you know, make my hair stand up on my head when he get brothers in scoring position. And, you know, he might get outside of his approach. But, boy, I tell you, he, he's putting together a pretty good season right now in terms of his slugging percentage. Uh, he's back to hitting the long ball. And he's not striking out as much as he did the last couple of years. So that's good to see. But we got some other guys. You know, we got Alex Alibo. He's yeah. having a tremendous year. <coughs> He's leading the team. <coughs> Excuse me. In RBIs. <coughs> and also slugging percentage. Coach, I wanted to follow up really quick in, in terms of uh, the balancing act. Because you, you start to see a, a trend, especially in regards to Major League Baseball, uh, where you have guys who would normally – uh, be your number four hitter, number three and four hitters, guys who drive in runs. But they're starting to kind of put them at the top of the lineup. And I'm curious, is it a bit of a, a balancing act in terms of guys who are just good at getting on base in terms of where to put them in the lineup? Do you want them driving in runs or do you want them table setters? Well, um, it's twofold. It depends on <clears throat> the level of potential on your roster. You know, it's been times where <clears throat> and I'm losing my voice, but it's been times where we looked at our roster and we may want a doubles hitter at the top, and then we may want a single hitter <clears throat> in that two spot. So it just depends. Major League Baseball doing the steroid here, you notice. Let's take Ricky Weeks, for example, a player mm. like Ricky Weeks, mm-hmm. <clears throat> who is not a guy that's going to hit for average but that's what's going to hit for a good slugging percentage. So they put them at the top of the order, and you've seen a lot of other teams do that. Well, hey, this guy's a 5-2 player. Um, he has speed, but he has power also. Okay, so it just depends on, you know, what, you, what you're working with um, in terms of – and also how you're trying to score runs. So for Texas Southern, what we're doing with our setup is we've used a combination of guys at the top of our order. And then, of course, C.J. Castillo, who's probably our best all-around player. You know, C.J. is a good contact hitter. He can hit backside. He can hit and run. He's not going to strike out a lot. I think last year he had 45 walks against 21 strikeouts. So, <clears throat> you know, that's how we're trying to score runs in terms of that. Because C.J. is going to hit a lot of doubles. And then we got Vasquez hitting in the third spot. Gabe. This year, not driving in a lot of runs, but, I mean, Gabe is probably one of, you know, the other smartest hitter that I have in the lineup. And I really, you know, once he get going and Levo get going, they're going to be like thunder and lightning, but it's just to keep them on the other side of the field. And Levo has been doing really well for us this year because he's staying with his approach. He's on the other side of the field. And whereas Gabe, Gabe has, you know, hit a couple of long balls out on the pool side. And so we're working hard to get them back on the other side of the field. But our lineup is explosive. I haven't even mentioned Makata. Makata is a tough strikeout, our second baseman. And he hadn't even really got going yet. But I think Makata has like 21 RBIs as well. So yeah. it's really mm-hmm. nobody to pitch to until you probably get to our eight, ninth hitter. Those one through seven. Coffee hits. Coffee protects Makata. Makata protects Olivo. Olivo protects nice. Adelaide. And Adelaide protects 
Vasquez. So, you know, <laughs> it's going to yeah. be really fun to watch us hit, especially at McGregor Park. If you was at the game on Saturday, you would would have gotten a glimpse of what we're capable of doing because we actually hit six home runs on our home field on Saturday. They took one of them back against uh, the kid, Rob Adderley. That would have been Adderley's second home runs. But that's something that we haven't did in a long time on our home field. You know, usually, you know, we're relying on speed and West Coast offensive stuff. But this time around, we got a guy, we got a lot of guys that can hit a lot of doubles and hit the, you know, hit the ball out the ballpark at McGregor Park. And McGregor Park is a hitter's paradise. So yeah, yeah. Change things up in the way that we uh did the recruitment. And uh, you know, we were kind of tired of, you know, team bigger teams, uh well, teams with bigger swings than us come in and out hit us on our home field. So we capable of matching that and going beyond with the lineup that we have right now. Like I say, we just have to get more consistent. Good stuff, Coach. Hey, Drew, let me let you follow up. I know you wanted to get into some of the scheduling uh, Coach Robinson was talking about. But go ahead, Drew. Yeah, Coach, Coach Robinson, uh, why don't you kind of take us behind the scenes and give us the, the secret to the gumbo as far as when you put the uh, put the schedule together. You know, you see some some people go out, they they have a bunch of tough non-conference games, and then they uh, go with some some quote unquote easier teams during their uh, during their midweek games as they get into the conference season. You see some, some who go with all Division One, some who sprinkle in more Division Twos and NAIAs. So when you are putting your schedule together, what are some of the things you consider when putting your schedule together and and how has the way you put your schedule together for this particular year helped you out going into uh going into the conference? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, to be honest with you, and Dr. Cavill knew it, <clears throat> I probably complained just as loud as anybody about uh, some things that um, at our home field that I probably didn't think was in the favor of our ball club, probably about. I want to say maybe eight years ago, it was it was very difficult to um, work against some of the mm-hmm. adversities that we were dealing with. And so lo and behold, uh, I guess God just spoke to me one day and said, you know what, you got to start playing games on the road. And it worked out for us because we needed some revenue as well. So what we started doing about eight years ago, and I want to say for about a period of five or six years, we had the highest. RPI of any HBCU program. We played mm. a really big schedule. Yeah. And so it worked out for us because we, you know, it's something that we promised the kids anyway, that you were playing some of the best confines against the best competition and giving you the opportunity to showcase your talent against some bigger ball clubs and also our program. So that was one of the reasons why we dominated. I'll tell you from 15 to 18, you know, when we played in four straight championships and uh, won three of those four years, it was because we was battle tested. If you look at those years, we played a very grueling role schedule. We were role warriors, much like the basketball team at Texas Southern. I think if we had 50 games on the schedule, we played 36 ball games on the road. So the only games we were really playing at home were the conference games. And so we took that into consideration. But of course, we had those alphas on the bus. You know, we had some dogs on the bus during those years 
uh, some kids that we was able to bring in at the same time, which was our core group. And it worked out well for us, uh, according to, I mean, uh, uh, dealing with this year a little bit different. I wanted to give our kids an opportunity to get some confidence. So if you look at our schedule this year, it's more balanced. We play more home games than we played in probably the last eight years or so. And the schedule have been watered down a little bit, you know, because I wanted we brought in so many young kids that we're still trying to develop. And I wanted them to have an opportunity uh, to get some playing time the first time around so we can develop them. You know, you can't develop anybody on the bench. You got to put them on the field and, you know, put them in the fire. So that was my mindset in trying to build this schedule for this year. But uh, next year, I already know we got to get back to that really grueling schedule because the only thing that's important for us is the postseason. We're just trying everything as a byproduct to get them ready for the postseason. And, uh, of course, during those years, that's what we really got going in the postseason. And a lot of it was because of playing that uh, really competitive schedule. Our kids were battle-tested. Mm-hmm. Last question I have for you, Coach, uh, is talk a little bit about the rivalry game. You've literally been on both sides of this. Um, obviously, uh, playing at Houston Tillerson, you had your own rivalries in terms of HBCUs. Uh, but then now you have the Prairie View Texas Southern. And as I said, you've been on both sides, won championships at Prairie View now, won championships at Texas Southern. What makes this rivalry so special in your opinion? And what do you talk to your kids about so they'll understand the importance of the well, believe it or not, um, <clears throat> it's not a lot of conversation that I have to have with them uh, <laughs> because of the rivalry. That, that's the one time, you know, besides on scout day, I really don't have to talk to them a lot because <laughs> they know they know what's involved. So really, it's the throwdown. I call it the throwdown. It's to take I over see. Houston. Of course, you, you mentioned I was on the other side, too. So when I was at Prairie View, all I used to tell them is, hey, we're going to take over Houston. We're going to take over McGregor Park. So in the back of my mind, I know they said the same thing. That's the coach I know. So I'll be true. telling my kids. They coming he, down here. I know they come Hold on. I got to let you get into it. I don't think people understand that's the coach that I know. <laughs> <in regards. laughs> gets me fired up. I'll be on the bus. I think I'm going to get out there and give me a hit. They'll be like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Go ahead, right. coach. Sorry about that. Right. I had to get but that now, You got me fired it's, up. It's the throwdown. It's the throwdown. It's the, you know, to see who take over Houston. You know, that's the. The biggest robbery. Um, and, and you're going to see some good baseball because yeah. Purview is up and coming. You know, we, we dominated them for, I want to say, maybe about five years up until last year. I think we split the series with them. And then, of course, during the after COVID season, they won the uh, Western Division, which is very difficult to do. So yes. this is going to be a really good robbery match. You saw uh, an indication of, what both teams can do uh, at the Classic. And this weekend is going to be a big weekend for us. I'm looking for some really good baseball playing. They starting pitching is good. Our starting pitching is solid. Um, we got some big swings, and I think they're a smaller hitting team than we are. But um, they hit real. You know, they'll, they'll take the ball the other way. They're very strappy. Um, they infield. Um, they're seasoned guys, the guys that's been there last year. The infield won't change for them. So they're a good fielding infield. You know, they will make their routine plays and stuff. 
Um, I think we got a little bit more, more in our pen. We got we've got more versatility than they do right now in the pen. And I think they may have hurt, you know, had, had a couple guys that may be on the DL on their pitching staff. So, <clears throat> but still, it's going to be competitive. It don't even matter when we play each other. It's just a matter <laughs> who wanted the most. I love it, Coach. Well, I know you have a busy schedule, and uh, uh, we got you as we got you so excited. We got you uh, a little bit uh, coughing there, so we want to make sure you get your voice and save it for this weekend because we don't want to have no excuses from this side where you say, well, I talked inside HBC and I lost my voice. I couldn't call out no play. We don't want to be a part of that. Uh, so, nah, Coach, uh, I appreciate I you your time and everything you've done for my son. In regards to talking to him, um, he loves the bag. He actually refused to take his other bag. Now he takes that bag to school. That's his bag. He's playing baseball. Um, and so he's he can't wait to get out there and check out these games. So uh, I want to say personally thank you for that, Coach. And what you've done Absolutely. for baseball in this city, uh, obviously going back to high school, Forsberg, yeah. Prairie Beach, yeah. and Texas Up, um, a lot of folks would see the teams that would come in to this area uh, to see baseball. Obviously, you had the championship runs uh, with Coach Candy uh, Robinson in terms of what he's able to do, but regular teams that are in the hunt, uh, you've changed it in a lot of ways for uh, the SWAC in general, but even more mm -hmm. important for SWAC in uh, Texas uh, in terms of HBCU baseball. So I want to say appreciate that. I didn't have a chance to really tell you that. I sneaked in and I want your head to get too big, but I wanted the world to know. Uh, that I appreciate what you've done. Um, so keep up the great work. But that being said, go Tigers. And thank you for your time, Coach Robert. Absolutely. Thank y'all. Thank you, Cole. Okay, okay. thank y'all. This is Dr. Cavill inside the HBC Sports Lab. Excited to have those two coaches on as they lead their program. We got some good baseball going on in SWAC. So if you get a chance, get out there this weekend. No better place to beat McGregor Park. I know you finish up with some basketball. Uh, but it's time to get out there to ping of the bat. So uh, get out there and see some baseball. If you can, see some softball. You're talking about really exciting uh, softball that's being played in this area, particularly with the women. They get into it, um, and they will entertain you, not only in terms of their performance on the field at the plate or in the field on the mound, but they're also going to entertain you from the dugout uh, in regards to making sure you're involved in that. You've seen some of the videos. If you think the videos are good, go out there and check it out. And so no matter where you are across this country, I know we get into football and they gets us louder going. Some of us are basketball heads on the hardwood. If you get a chance, you need to get out there, whether it's good, get out your house, go see some baseball, go see some softball, particular HBCU programs in the area. That'll do it for us. One special say, Charles Bishop, Drew, appreciate you taking out your time. Great questions. And great information in terms of baseball. Nobody else is doing it quite like this. Obviously, make sure you check out Sunday with A.D., Drew, and Brian, as they're going to give you uh, monologue and in-depth stories in terms of what's going on at HBC. They actually give you updates for the rankings as you send uh, in terms of the polls, and they do it across the board at multiple levels. So tune in there and make sure you get your baseball updates um, and they'll make sure you get your spring football as well and tell you what's going around the world in terms of HBCU sports. So check that out. Carlos on Saturday, Carlos Brown, make sure you get the in-depth. Obviously, they'll have some intriguing news as their name, their basketball coach. So check him out. I'm sure he'll give you some update if he doesn't have a coach on there. Uh, Drew, you wanted to add something real quick? 
Yeah, I was go- just want to remind everybody uh, this this upcoming Saturday we'll be lay- laying our brother uh, Kofi Hemingway to rest. So uh, if you do have an opportunity to go and uh, donate to his family, I don't know if Roy has the uh, graphic available, but uh, please, uh, you know, if you can have time making those contributions, I believe that cash uh, cash app tag is AK Hemingway. Uh, if I've got that correct, uh, I believe uh, Roy, you can jump on and correct me on that if I was wrong, but I believe it's AK Hemingway. That is correct. That's I've got Money right. tag AK Hemingway. That's H E M M I N G W A Y. So you had it exactly right. AK Hemingway. Um, and so support uh, the family there um, and send Kofi off right. My understanding that the viewing will be streamed. So those that want to yeah. uh, send them off the right way, you certainly can get that information. Um, so uh, thank you for sharing it, Adrian. Very eleven thirty Eastern time Saturday morning, I believe is the is, is the service. Yes, so. sir. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta, sorry, the dean Doc, of HBCU I'm, Sports. Come, Doc. I'm sorry, I want to jump in. It's actually eleven a.m. Eastern, so that's going to be ten a.m. Central. Oh, thanks for that correction, Roy. Eleven a.m. No, eleven a.m. Eastern. I am Dr. Yadakabil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and A.D. Drew. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock CST. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Remember, on Wednesday, you can go and get the ONG strikes on. I checked them out last night. That interview they had with the cheerleader that went viral, that was entertaining. She is the real deal. Um, and great job in terms of bringing that to the people. Follow me, Dr. Kenyattaville. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Remind Brian, he could have put on the prayer view. I know he was a little upset last week in terms of that. Shout out to the Premier Bowling team. He got all that great news about FAMU. He didn't tell who beat FAMU. <laughs> Never mind. I should do that. That's not right. Follow me, Dr. Yadakaville, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-B-I-L. That's Charles' fault. Charles Bishop is rubbing off on me. He's the one got me acting bad. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Drew? Lecture. Dismiss. Rahala.